This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. And last week was my 11th anniversary show. Uh, 11 years of doing Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network. There was one thing I didn't get to on that show. I forgot about it. I was going to mention it because, well, if you listened to the show at the beginning, you noticed that the music that starts off the show was different. And then it was interrupted with a record scratch. And then my usual show starter music kicked in. Uh, I did a little production there. Just a real real little production, not, not much. And the reason I did that was I thought it'd be interesting to do a throwback beginning. Uh, when I started doing Dimland Radio way back on March 13th, 2010, I had a different uh, theme music. I had different intro music for the show. Uh, it was a song by a band called Wire, uh, who came out of the uh, you know the late 1970s uh, UK punk scene. Uh, punk and they're, they're kind of considered post-punk. They're sort of they straddle the punk and post-punk sort of time thing. And uh, they're pretty arty in some of their uh, music. Uh, their lyrics can be quite indecipherable, but it doesn't matter because the songs are so good. Uh, they do some. They would do some really experimental type stuff, but they could also put out something that was almost pure pop. It was. It, they were. They were quite interesting. And in I think 1985 or 86 or so, they released an album called The Ideal Copy. And off of that album came the song Ahead, which I think is one of the coolest songs ever recorded. It's really cool. And that was the song that I used for my opening theme music for a little over a year. Something like a year and a month, maybe two months, because in May of 2011, I changed the song. I think it may have coincided with uh, uh, catching up, listening to The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and realizing that uh, they started, when they started their podcast something like 15 years ago, more than that now, I suppose, um, they started it with the song, their, their opening theme song was Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me with Science. 
and it, that they kept that for a while, but they started realizing, you know, there's this licensing thing and getting permission to use songs and paying and all that kind of stuff. So what they ended up doing was they they uh, they found um, through some copyright free type music site. I think you pay a certain fee and you get copyright free music. And they got this uh, a, a new theme song, and I thought uh, that might have been what started me thinking. I should get some different song because even though my little show is a lot littler than the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, I mean they 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 have quite the audience. Whereas I'm, you know, I mean they're 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 uh, yeah they've got a lot more listeners. So they're the chance that they're getting noticed, not you know with the licensing thing. Although they didn't change out the theme song of their older episodes, it's still. Thomas Dolby's song. It's just, you know, it's just that's what it is. They haven't changed it. So my first 60 or so shows are still that song Ahead by Wire. But I know someone, and at the time, I uh, used to see him a lot more frequently, uh, and the, he's a musician. His name is Dave. And Dave uh, has been in several bands since I've known him. Uh, and the band he was in at the time was called The Yolius. It's two words. The Yolius. Y-O-L-E-U-S, I think. And when they started, they were a three-piece band. Uh, Dave would play lead and rhythm guitar. And there's a bass player and a drummer. And their stuff was a bit avant-garde. It was it was aggressive. It was lots of time changes and and just you know, just you know interesting stuff that they were doing. Uh, and they were instrumental a band. They didn't have lyrics. They didn't have a singer. Eventually, they brought in a singer and started producing songs with lyrics. But at the time, they were just doing instrumental stuff. So I thought oh, I'll ask. You know my friend Dave because there's a song of theirs that I like and I would like to use for my theme so I asked Dave and he gave me his permission he said oh yeah we'd be honored if you'd use the song so I used the, their song which is called Ram and it it works really well if I may say so about my own show uh, you know so last week uh, I, I should have done the I don't think I did it done that little production when I changed out the song initially back in May of 2011. I didn't think of it then, but I thought of it this time. Let's do a little throwback because it's an anniversary show and let's uh, let's have a little you know, have a little fun with it. And I was going to talk about it then, but I I forgot. So I'm talking about it now. Well, the song Ram has this great beginning just kind of just kicks right in there. It just kicks right in, right in. And then um, with the, with Dave doing these great lead guitar licks, just just great, just great. I just uh, it's a I I must, I used to play music with him when I back in the days when I played really bad rhythm guitar on a twelve string acoustic with uh, with Dave and our friend Rich uh, Richard who uh, would play mandolin and he's he's you know he's a better mandolin player than I was an acoustic uh, guitar player. Uh, he's really good. And Dave is just excellent at, at guitar. He's just excellent. Just So watching him play was just wonderful. And so 
that so that that bit of the song comes in aggressive it just kind of kicks it off and it goes through and then there's that nice little drop that little lull where the bass just kind of thunks along a little bit and Dave's doing a little something you know just kind of simmering simmers for a little while and then it kicks back up and and then it fades out as it plays within my you know as in my open so that drop in it that going to the lull is my my cue to start talking and then I finish up what I say and just usually I work it out just right when I finish up the opening bit it kicks back up and then it fades out that's and to borrow a very popular word of the day, it's perfect. I, I just think it's perfect. So that's a little story about it. Now, I used to link to that song. There was a YouTube video that had it. And I checked the link, and it's broken, and I can't find the song anymore. So sorry. You just get that bit. Sorry. Uh, incidentally, the closing song, the outro, uh, is... Uh, it's Dave again, <laughs> playing lead guitar on it, and it's Richard playing mandolin, and it's me playing, you know, pretty bad rhythm guitar that you can't really hear. It's kind of in there. It's 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 there, but it's kind of, you know. And the song that we do at the end of that, so we used to get together every month or something and just play, and we'd record ourselves and we put out little CDs, you know, do-it-yourself kind of thing, and I mean we'd burn them for friends or whatever. Yeah, it's, that's what we did. And uh, so um, the and we would we would pay we would play songs that we could find that would be easy enough for me to figure out how to play. And we do a lot of traditional type songs. And the song that we do is I guess it's a traditional song uh, that's called uh, the um, the Fisher's Hornpipe. I think that's what the song's called. We changed the title to Angler's Treble Hook. And we play it a little bit different than what it might normally get played as. Uh, it's, it's, I think it might be considered a bluegrass-type tune, maybe. Uh, and uh, the way it would, the way I've heard it played elsewhere, and the way we've tried to play it sometimes when we were back doing the playing music together, which we haven't done for a long time, um, it can go much, you know, it's a much faster pace. You know, it's like that. It goes at that pace. But ours that we use on the show here, that I use on the show here, uh, we slowed it down, tried to make it pretty, and you know, and I know there's one person in this world, in this world of about 8 billion people, who uses that as, as a ringtone. It's not me. It's not my wife. It's not my son. It's the, it's, you know, it's Dimland Radio's biggest fan. <laughs> Hi, Trisha. She uses that as a ringtone. Now you could do it too, because you can find the song. You, what you'd have to do is go to ztalkradio.com. You'd have to uh, uh, click on the uh, show archives. You go to the Dimland Radio folder and you scroll through. And I think you can go all the way to the bottom. I hope it's still there. I better check and make sure it is. You scroll all the way to the bottom and look, and you'll see there's an entry that says "Angler's Treble Hook." I believe it's titled that. So. If you if you if you do that, you can get the song, which is I think the way Trisha did. So, it's out there. If you want it, <laughs> I think you hear Richard count us in at the beginning of the song. It's kind of fun. Um, also, last week I talked about uh, part of the reason why I do the show pre-recorded, live to laptop. Though I do it, 
no edits, no mucking about, just lay it down, and there it is. Um, part of the reason why I decided to do it that way instead of doing it live on Saturday nights was because on occasion, the, uh, the server that, um, that ZTalk uses can have a problem. Something happens that interrupts the feed. And people listening say, oh, lost your show. Where's your show? And then I see, well, they can't hear the show? Well, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing the show. Well, what's going on? I mean, I'm still recording. You know, my, my software here on the laptop is still working, but, but the show isn't being broadcast because something happened with the server. And that was one of the big reasons why I decided to record it, put it onto the server, put it in its proper place in there, make sure everything's set up, and then show up on Saturday night so I can click a little button that at the proper time will advance the tracks that are being played on the on ZTalk, will advance it to my show. So that's why I show up in the chat rooms, other than you know to chat with, with Trisha, of course. But and anybody else might show up. My younger brother shows up sometimes, his girlfriend shows up sometimes, you know. So that's cool. But I have to be there if it's going to play on the air. I have to do that. Well, so I, I, I started pre-recording. I don't do the live thing, but the server problems followed me anyway. And it just coincidentally, and it's a coincidence, last week I did the show, I recorded it, and it, usually I post it on Friday night before I, I head to bed. But for some reason I didn't. And so I waited till Saturday afternoon, and I, I went onto the server. I could access the server. I could do, there were some functions I could do, and I went to load my show on there, and it went through the whole process. I watched the process bars, you know, the, 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 the download process bars showing that, you know, the status of the download or the upload uh, showing that. And once it got done, it said, nope, rejected. Nothing came through. It's not there. Tried several times. I tried to, to load a big picture science show or two. Nope, same thing. So then I was checking around the server and was finding that there were other functions I couldn't do. And I kept getting the same error message saying licensing error. Well, I contacted Scotty Rourke, the, uh, the owner of ZTalk Radio, and I said, this is happening. Here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what's going on. Can you see if you can figure out what's going on? So last week's show did not play on Saturday night because of this server problem. I thought I had, you know, avoided the server problems by not doing the show live, but apparently they still find me. And they found me when I was talking about why I don't do the show live. Uh, it's been fixed, and so what I'm going to do this week, uh, it, you know, those that just get the show downloaded through their podcast thing have already had already have that last week's program. They already have it. But what I'm going to do this time is I've changed the time at which Dimland Radio starts on the server so that it starts an hour earlier. So Saturday, uh, the twenty, the twentieth, March twentieth, starting at ten o one. Central Time, the show that was supposed to play on the 13th will play then. And then my regular show, the one I'm recording right now, will play after that. So I'll have them both in there ready to go. That only really affects those of us who are going to listen to it while it's in the chat room. 
you know, while it's playing on ZTalk, which you know who that means. Interesting how a problem can follow you around when you think you've got it all figured out. Hmm. Uh, before I head off to break, uh, I, I'm going to mention a um, uh, catch up on my car, on our car, our Kia Soul, 2014 Kia Soul. It is the only Soul that we own that isn't part of our shoes or our feet. And we don't have a, a fish in the refrigerator or freezer. That's a Soul. Um, If you recall, I told you about how the car had broken down on the way to the office. Stopped running, stalled out on me. I couldn't get it to start. Towed it to the dealership. The dealer took a look at it and found that the problem was a loose battery cable. Uh, so we got the car back, and that very same day, that we got the car back. Amy took the car. She came by to pick me up at work. She let the car sit in an idle in the parking lot while I came out, jumped in the driver's seat. The car had stalled. Wait a minute. This is what it's done before. It's done this before. It's just did it, done it again. Is it the gas cap thing? I changed the gas cap. I went to a job that night. On the way back, the check engine light came on. Okay, isn't that the, supposed to, the gas cap thing? Isn't that supposed to solve the problem? must be something different next morning check engine light was still on I filled it up with uh, some higher octane gas I made sure that thing click click clicked into place check engine light went off and I thought okay maybe we got it and I and what I said then is it still some weirdness but maybe the car's okay well here's what's happened since then now I didn't get a chance to tell you about this last week well what happened since then is now Amy had a job. Uh, it's it's run its course, but she had a job, and I went to pick her up on a Wednesday night. This was I don't know before last week, right? I think if I have my times all correct. Wednesday night, I'm driving to pick her up. I'm driving uphill, and the car starts going sputter, 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 sputter. I was like, what the hell? I pull over, and it stalled. I was driving it. I had my foot on the accelerator. That's weird. Well, it restarted. I went and got my honey bunny, brought her home. Next morning, she had to go into work again. We drive down, get to a stoplight, and while waiting at the stoplight, engine stalled again. It started up. I got her to work. I got myself to work, and I called the dealership. And I said, it's still doing. Now, the check engine light hadn't come on, but it's still doing something. Something's wrong. It keeps stalling. So I had to set up an appointment for the following Monday morning at 8. But I was told by the dealership, if I wanted, I could bring the car by sooner and just kind of leave it there. If they could get to it before then, they would. If not, at least I wouldn't be endangering myself and my wife and my family by driving around in a car that might stall at any time. Because my boss said it's okay for me to use the company van. So that's what I did. I dropped it off, talked to the guy, dropping in and telling him the stuff. And he says, well, that's, he's looking it up on the computer. He says, well, these are the same things that you had going wrong before. And he was a bit baffled. He checked a couple of deals. He asked me if there was oil in there. And I checked the oil that morning. There's plenty of oil in there. 
Hmm, we'll find out. Well, Monday morning comes along. By 10 o'clock, I got a call from them. And they said, it's the crankshaft position sensor. Now, I'm not exactly sure what that does, but when that thing's not working right, you can get stalling, you can get the check engine light come on, you can go through more gas, you can have, there's other problems that can happen, and they can, some of the problems can get really serious. So, that was what the problem was. The first fix with the battery cable, they only charged me, you know, they charged me less than 100 bucks. This time they charged me less than 400 bucks. bucks. And so you add the two together, we, we're, it's under 500 bucks to get the thing going, which, okay, that's what it was. We'll survive. We had some money, so it's not like, you know, it didn't go onto a credit card or something like that. We were able to pay for it. And all right. So, so, so since then, no more stalling. There's still a couple of issues that need to be taken care of, like uh, the sealant or the, the coolant for the, for the AC leaks. Need to get that sealed up and, and settled. But, well, we'll just have to wait. But, uh, you yeah, know, the, uh, the rumors of my car's health were greatly exaggerated. But now, they're better. <laughs> and now, I'm going to head to my, my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, let's see, one other little domestic uh, story for you guys. Um, we uh, we received the COVID relief money. Uh, thank you, uh, uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the Democrats in the Senate and the House. And no thank you to all of you Republicans who voted against it. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> we we it was direct deposited into our account, and it was more than I expected it to be. It was like, wow, that's wait a minute, that's you know I was expecting 
you know, money for you know, to, to to come to for Amy and for me. But um, apparently, our son, uh, because we have a son under the age of eighteen, uh, still gets a little something. And it was wow, that's uh, that's more than I expected. And uh, we made the mistake uh, of mentioning it in front of our cat. See, before we had a chance to sit down and start to figure out what to do with the money, our cat said, "Oh, you've got how much? How about how about uh, how about uh, uh, how about just slicing off a third of that for me?" See, Kitty got sick, and uh, she yes, yeah, she was not herself. Uh, without getting into the gross, gory details, she was not herself. And there were some signs of some problems. So, uh, we brought her out to the animal hospital today. And nearly $1,300 later, we have her back. I'm looking at it this way. We didn't expect to have... Uh, that much more money in there and we hadn't had a chance to sit down and plan what to do with it so the kitty took the the overage than what we expected amount for herself so okay and I'm looking at it this way as well thank goodness we had the COVID money so we didn't have to credit card this so we didn't have to you know incur some debt that we were able to pay now, I envision hardships ahead dealing with this little illness that she's had. It's an inflammatory bowel thing. So she's got to be on a bit of a diet change, uh, take some pills, which, good luck, Amy, in getting them downer because I'm not going to try. Nope, sorry. Anyway, um, I'm going to tell you this about me. I'm not a pet person. Now, don't get me wrong. I love our cat. She's great. She's a pain in the ass. And that's, I mean, that's a given with pets. It's just, they can't help it. That's just part of what they are. They're a pain in the ass. The difference between pet people, my wife, and non-pet pe non people, me, is that pet people forget the pet is a pain in the ass the moment they stop being a pain in the ass. And they forget that they ever were. It's just kind of click. It just turns off. Oh, it's a whole new world each time. Oh, sure, yeah, they, they kind of remember. But the non-pet person always remembers it's a pain in the ass. Even when it's being cute and cuddly and sweet and rubbing up against you and laying on your lap and being sweet and looking pretty and wonderful and all that. Even when it's doing all that and it feels all cuddly and you hold it and she's being great. And which I love those moments. But I never forget that, you know, there's a long list of cons for having a pet that the list of pros isn't anywhere near. The list of pros is pretty much all emotional type stuff. The, the, the feeling of love, the attachment, the, the cuddliness and all that. It's all that. You know, it, some of it might be some 
you know, physical benefic benef uh, beneficial thing for you because they can help to relieve some stress maybe when they're not being a pain in the ass. Because when they're being a pain in the ass, that brings on the stress. But anyway, my wife's a pet person. This cat belonged to her parents. Her parents, her father, her mother died. Her father couldn't take care of the cat. It's our cat now. So, and she hasn't been a big expense since we had her spayed when we first got her. So, and that was years ago. So it's, you know. You know. But, she's, well, you know. Uh, we have a 17-year-old son, right? Um, the last time he vomited on the floor in this house was it, when he was in preschool. The last time our cat vomited on the floor in this house was this morning. See? So, there has to be a point. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, if this is really serious, if this is a really serious thing, I mean, the money we spent was just to find out what's wrong with her. And to get some medicine. Covered that. But if, if I said, but if this is really serious, we have to we have to agree that we just can't keep spending money after money after money. She's about twelve, maybe thirteen, you know, somewhere in that range, we're not sure, but we think maybe twelve. She looks in good health. She's not all thin and all that. That's uh, one of the people that, uh, the, the gal that brought the brought her out to me when I picked her up, the cat. Uh, the gal says, you know, I, I expect her to be much more thin, you know, with this kind of a ailment. And she said, but she's she looks good and she's very cuddly and nice and sweet and all that. So she cuddled me, let me cuddle her for a while and she's very sweet. And so and that's great. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it works getting the pills down her. I, uh, um, you know, well, I hope Amy can do it. Uh, we'll have to pick up some variety of food. Oh, God, I don't know. But it's just, there's a difference between pet people and not pet people. <laughs> um, but I do love my cat. She's a sweetie. And I'd like to have her around some more. But we'll just see. Am I an asshole? <laughs> That's what I worry about. Am I an asshole? <laughs> but you know, it's it, it, we need to be practical about this. I've heard of people going deep into debt to deal with just getting six more months out of their pet. I just, you know, I can't. We can't do that. It's hard choices because that's the th George Carlin had a joke along the lines of you know when he's looking at a puppy and he thinks. I don't know exact words of his joke was just looking at the puppy saying, oh, this isn't going to end well. Because unless you get a parrot that lives 80 years or somehow you get a tortoise which can live 250 years, that pet you're going to have is not going to outlast you. Chances are pretty good that you're, gonna, you're just buying a future heartache. Guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. Because you could drop dead. Who knows? <sighs> so, anyway, thankfully we had the COVID money to help us out. Look at it that way. We'll get through it. And hope and Kitty's a little bit better. She's still taking it easy, which is what she's supposed to do.
Well, my uh, friend, who uh, gets on my nerves with a certain supporting of certain uh, politicians and certain uh, and non-support for uh, measures taken to mitigate the, the 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 horribleness of of the pandemic, you know, like wearing masks. Uh, his 30-day snooze on my Facebook wore off, and it only took like two days before we're at it again. <laughs> I mean, I like the guy. He's just wrong. And he, you know what? He says the same thing about me. I like the guy. He's just wrong. You know, he let that... What happened to you? Was it the science thing? Uh, people who listen to this SGU uh, will know what I'm referring to there. It's That's kind of the thing. And I looked like, what happened to you? Is it the paranormal bullshit thing? I I don't want to call, uh, commit any logical fallacies. I, I'm sure I do, because we all do. But, okay, so here's the thing. It's my friend, and, this friend, and masks again. This time, he shared a, a meme, a little three-panel comic strip. Something put together on the internet's spread around and he shared it and he says I, he says uh, uh, passing this on think critically tells people to think critically and then look at this and all his critical thinking friends loved it oh yes yes oh this is brilliant this is brilliant take that you masked people I'll share the image on the show notes page which you can get to by going to dimland.com and clicking on the show notes slash blog option. You can get to that. So the image, it's three panels, one on top of the other. The first panel shows these two, it's two fellows facing each other in each panel. Uh, the person on the left is saying to the person on the right. Now we've got the masker on the, on the left, and we've got the mask hole on the anti-masker on the right. Okay, So the fellow wearing the mask says to the fellow not wearing the mask, says, you should wear a mask even if you don't need it. Which is correct. I'll get into it. Now, the brilliant retort, the critical thinking retort, is, you mean like carrying a gun? So the second, that's all in the first frame. The second frame has them not saying anything to each other, the mask hole is just smiling, and the masker is looking a little confused for him. Like he's thinking about it. And then the last, in the final frame, the masker is looking angry while the mask hole is just smiling still. And the people who are themselves mask holes, that's what we call people who are anti-masks, because they're assholes. You know, doesn't affect me directly, so why should I wear a mask? <clears throat> Except it does, but anyway. Okay, uh, the the way to respond to that brilliant bit of critical thinking is to say, well, first in the illustrations, uh, fellow wearing the mask, cover your nose. His nose isn't covered; it's just his mouth that's covered. It's below his nose. So, all right, you know, and that's probably a point made by the 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 cartoonist who put the thing together. But uh, dude wearing the mask. Cover the nose, because this is a little-known fact. 
the nose is connected to the lungs. And that's where all the stuff is. It's in your throat, it's in your lungs, it's in your mouth. That's where your stuff is, and it's in the respiratory system. And your nose is part of that. And you breathe through your nose. So cover your nose and your mouth. But the masker should have looked at the anti-masker and said, well, um, no, it's not like that, unless you mean the person carrying the gun is every moment they are outside of their house, every moment they're in public, they are shooting the gun randomly, anywhere. They're just shooting it, shooting it and shooting it, shooting. Bang, 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 reload, bang, 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 reload, over and over, constantly shooting, shooting and shooting and shooting that gun. Everywhere they go, anywhere they look, they hey, not just when they're outside their house, not just when they're in public or in a restaurant or in the in the store getting groceries, not just there, but even when they're at home, even when they're in bed sleeping, because people breathe constantly. It's not analogous. It's stupid. I pointed that out to my friend. And he came back with some stuff saying that, you know, the science is debatable about the masks. You know. And I responded to him by saying, all science is debatable. So, that's, that's part of the process. So you're really not saying anything. You're not being clever. I think I know what he's referring to, at least in part referring to. But science is debatable. Yeah, yeah. All science, all conclusions in science are provisional. They're, they're, they're not an absolute conclusion. Because, you know, scientists, the people who do the science, are aware that new evidence, more evidence can come about that can change the conclusion. Either change it completely or refine it. You know, it's just... But they are open to that. Even, you know, so the, the a theory, which is a much, it's not the same thing in, you know, it, the way people use it when I have a theory as to who the gunman was. Or I have a theory uh, as to, you know, why mask holes don't want to wear masks. My theory is they're afraid of them. But, you know, I have no evidence of that. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's, it's a guess. It's a guess. But in science, a theory is much greater than a guess. It's, it's a hypothesis that has been greatly supported by evidence. That moves into the theory category. And some theories are so well supported by the evidence that they can be considered facts. But it's still provisional. It's still open to change. Because new evidence could change what we thought we knew. It may not change the whole thing completely. It may refine it. Like in evolution, they think that uh, you know the most early ancestor of humans goes back this far, but then some new fossils are found somewhere else that shows that ooh, these look like they're pretty. You know, the science is telling us the information that we're getting, the evidence is saying that we may need to push the clock, you know, the the tree, the branch, whatever. We may have to push it back a little bit farther because we're finding evidence that. Uh, an earlier human ancestor exists. It doesn't mean that evolution isn't real. It doesn't mean it's not a fact. It just means that it's refining 
the picture because it, science is open to new information, new evidence, and it changes according to the evidence. So, if I explain that to him, sort of, and and I think I, I think what he's talking about this debatable was that recently, in the Senate Senate hearing, uh, Senator Rand Paul had what he thought was a gotcha against um, Dr. Fauci. I'll talk more about that when I come back from my next break. Am I okay here? Am I okay to come to my next break? Should I go to my next break? I think I should. Okay. <laughs> well, am I asking you permission? I'll, I'll rev up and I'll get it uh, for the next break. I'm up to the second one. So uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. after. I'm Dr. Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Not really a doctor, okay? Dr. Fauci's really a doctor, and so is Senator Rand Paul. More when I come back. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, my friend and the masks again. <clears throat> so, Rand Paul, uh, there was a Senate hearing about COVID, about masks, about what's going on. And Rand Paul thought he had a gotcha on Dr. Fauci. Now, Rand Paul is a doctor. He's an ophthalmologist, which means he's an eye doctor. 
which is a doctor. He's got medical training. Um, he hasn't really been doing much eye doctoring since 1982 when he became a senator. But there have been things he's done. I guess in 2019 he did some eye surgery. So, you know, he's a doctor. He has a better understanding of medical science than the average layperson in America or the world might have. Dr. Fauci is an immunologist who has been working, studying infectious diseases, how they spread, how to deal with them, how to prevent them, all that kind of stuff, for decades. He's considered the leading expert on infectious disease in America, perhaps the world. And if he's not the leading expert, he's among them. All right? So Rand Paul thought he had a gotcha on him because there's this study that indicates that people who have had COVID are resistant to reinfection. That there hasn't been reinfection. And he's saying, well, so what studies you got showing that we should still wear masks? Isn't masks just theater? And, and Dr. Fauci says, no, it's not theater. And he explained to him that that study was, in, it was done in vitro, which means in a test tube or in a Petri dish. He says it wasn't, you know, it, 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 which means it wasn't in vivo, which is, means the, t the study, the testing, the experiment is done within a living organism, in this case, in a people. And so it's an interesting study. There's stuff to be learned there, but does it translate to an inside an actual person? Does it, re does it work in that? And there are still things that aren't known in science. And Dr. Rand Paul knows this. But he thinks he has a gotcha because, you know, we shouldn't have to wear masks if we've already had it. Or if, we're, if we've had the vaccine and we're immune. We shouldn't have to be keep wearing masks until, well into 2022. And Fauci disputes that. Now, I you know I know there's the thing called appealing to you know appeal to authority. It's a fallacy, appeal to authority. But sometimes you do listen to the experts. And so if I'm having a choice between an eye doctor or an immunologist when we're talking about infectious disease, I'm going to listen to the immunologist. Doesn't mean that the eye doctor's wrong. It just means. The odds of the immunologist being right are better because that's the field. That's the field of science they're in. Just because you're a scientist doesn't mean you understand all kinds of sciences. You may have a better handle on the scientific method than a layperson does, but that doesn't mean you understand all the different fields of science. You may know how to read a study. You may know how to read, you know, scientific tests and stuff. You may know how to look at the experiments and how and figure out how they work. You may have or have a better chance of doing that if you're a scientist, but you're out of your field than a layperson. But that doesn't mean you know what it's about. And scientists doing proper science will tell you that. Look, this isn't my field, so I could be wrong here. So the fact that Senator Paul thought he had a gotcha on Fauci, I, you know, I think it falls flat. Uh, the other point I made uh, to my friend is that um, if we consider this, in the 2020 presidential election, the two main candidates, one was pro-mask, one was anti-mask, 
oh, sometimes he'd say, well, maybe we should wear masks. I'm not going to wear You know, he was flip-floppy on it, but he was pretty much, he was anti-mask. All right? And then in this Senate hearing with the gotcha moment, you've got one uh, being on the pro-mask side and the other being on the anti-mask side. You had Fauci on the pro, Rand, uh, Paul, Rand Paul on the, on the anti. And in this discussion that my friend and I are having, now my friend, I won't straight up say he's anti-mask. I'll just say, I'll be generous and say he's iffy about the mask because he thinks the science is debatable. Which all science is debatable, but he thinks it's debatable because you know of his you know years of experience being a graphic artist. <clears throat> uh, you know, if we take those two people, I'm pro masks. He's at least iffy masks, right? Still, but leaning anti-mask. Okay. That that makes six people: three on the pro side, three on the anti side. Three of those people have had COVID, and they were all the anti-maskers. Now, there's no real strong conclusion to come here about that. You know, this I'm. I know correlation does not mean causation, but it's pretty interesting, don't you think? My boss's wife, <clears throat> uh, I talked to her today, and she ran the Gish Gallop on me. She didn't know what the Gish, Gish Gallop is, but and you might not know what the Gish Gallop is either. There's a fellow, there was a fellow named Dwayne Gish, and Dwayne Gish was a guy that believed that uh, the creation myth in the Bible, in Genesis, was what happened. He thinks evolution is a lie. Yeah, that's in a nutshell. And what Dwayne Gish used to do when he would debate scientists and experts in evolution and such was he would do what was called the, the Gish Gallop or what came to be called the Gish Gallop because he would throw all kinds of uh, questions and dubious claims at the expert. He'd just hammer them. Boom. One. After the other. After the other. After the other. And while the expert is trying to explain why, well, that assertion's wrong because, and, and, you know, and it's much like when Mark Twain something to, said something to the effect of, you know, a lie goes halfway around the world before the truth puts on its socks. In a gish gallop, the expert is halfway through explaining the the first claim or assertion or whatever that Gish threw out at him by the time Gish is on his 15th claim. So it flummoxes the expert. And to an audience watching the debate, an audience that's not familiar with debate te techniques, especially the especially the the Gish Gallup, they think, wow, the expert doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. When he does, it just takes longer to answer someone just asking questions, you know, jacking off. When they, you know, they just, it takes longer to answer the questions. It takes longer to refute certain asser you know, assertions made by someone who thinks the earth was made in six days and that the great flood was real. It just takes longer. So, the boss's, my boss's wife, starts talking about, sounding very conspiratorial, about 
you know, some of the concerns that a failing business owner, I mean a small business owner, I, I'm not saying anything about my boss there, was I? Maybe I was. Uh, that some of the things she brought up seem kind of legit, but then she just starts rolling them out. She thinks our governor's done a terrible job on handling the pandemic and closing down businesses. And if you want to put small businesses out of business, that's what you do. And you use the pandemic to do it. And they, they're going to find out, you know, when there's no small businesses, they're going to find out how bad it is for the economy because nobody's going to have a job. And then she's, she throws in stuff like, um, you know, the gas prices are going up. They're just going way up. And I, I tried to say, well, you know, actually gas prices are less than they were in 1981 when you when you adjust for inflation. Oh, but they're going up to about four bucks. Well, then they'll be a little bit more than they were in 1981 when you adjust for inflation. And then she just, she just hammers away. She says, and these masks, these masks, these masks are going to be permanent. They're going to be permanent. You're going to have to wear them all the time. You're always going to have to wear masks. They're never going to take the mask away. You're always going to have to wear the mask. No, no, we'll take them. No, no, because you know why? Because they're not going to let the masks be taken off unless everybody has gotten the vaccine. And you're never going to get to 100%. I said, well, I, yeah, maybe I don't. I, and 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 she says, oh, and the vaccine—it's not a vaccine; it's a therapeutic. And I don't know what the hell she means by that. <laughs> I'll have to ask some of my medical friends. What the hell does that mean? Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, and she says, um, you know, and Fauci. Oh, that Fauci—he's just a partisan ha fraud. He's a partisan fraud. He's not what he's talking about. He's been—he's been a big failure. And this, and, across, and he's, you know, he—he—he he, he went to school with Bill Gates. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, she says, you know, a restaurant. A restaurant has a close, but Walmart can stay open. Well, you see, at a, at a restaurant, people have to eat their food without masks on, and, and you can go shopping with a mask. Oh, no, that doesn't matter. So, you know, and, and you know, and some businesses might be able to close down and just work from home, but you, would you like to see a hospital try and do that? Well, the reason hospitals are around to, is to deal with things like COVID. Well, you know, and she works in a hospital. She works in a hospital, in a mail room, but she works in a hospital, and they're all there. They're all okay. <laughs> And the numbers, the numbers of the dead people, those can't be believed. Oh, no, no. And then people need to question everything. They need to think critically. They need to do their research, which I take to mean they need to read the books that she reads, and they need to go to the websites that she goes to, and they need to watch the YouTube clips that she watches. And it's just, you know, people are too compliant. And, you know, they say, well, it is what it is, but it isn't what it is. <laughs> and, and that, you know, and that if it doesn't affect them directly, then they don't care. Oh, Oh, you mean like people refuse to wear masks? I didn't get that in. I didn't get hardly anything in, really. It just was, it was amazing to watch. And I told her, you're gish galloping me. <laughs> because she's got it rehearsed. She's been working on this. And I'm not saying that all the points that she made aren't valid. You know, there, there might be some that might be, actually. You know, so that would be worth looking into and thinking about and, and, and looking at. But, you know, she says, you know, the small businesses, we're getting assessed a, a, a 6% or 4%. We're getting assessed 4% to help pay for the COVID relief package. I don't know. I, th I thought part of the COVID relief package was to give money to small businesses. I, I thought that was part of it. But I, I, I don't know. So that's the Gish Gallup. <laughs> um, and when she talked about it, people don't think about it unless it affects them directly that they that they kind of bypass it you know i asked a question on facebook actually i, I answered a question that was put up on facebook about covid the question was do you know anybody who's died from covid or uh and or uh or or has been tested positive 
And I said, uh, my answer was, I don't know any that have died, but I do know at least five people who have had COVID. I know at least five. And I and I and and personally, they were asking, do you know personally? And uh, five people personally that I know through a couple um, through one of those five people, the guy that I was debating about masks with earlier, my earlier story. Um, he has two kids that I don't that I don't know personally, so I don't include them into the five people. And then there's a, a an employee of ours. Her mother had COVID. I don't know her personally, so I didn't include her in my count. So I posted that, and I had people giving responses. When I got to 57 responses, I did a little look through and looked and counted, and I had yes yes answers. I had yes to just you know no to knowing people who died, but yes knowing people who have had COVID. I had people saying yes to both. I had someone say. Uh, she had COVID. She got it from her from one of her employees who died from COVID. You know, so there was lots of answers. I had of of the fifty seven, fifty four. Either knew someone who had who died from COVID or had COVID or both. Three did not. Three didn't know someone. Three that who either died. They didn't know someone who died or someone who had COVID. I did a search through their Facebook pages. All three of them, anti-maskers, anti-pandemic, pro-Trump. Make of that what you will. More people answered the question. There was one more person who said no to both. That person is an Australian. And Australia did the pandemic much better than the American uh, than America did. Oh, I'm just going to go over because I want to tell this story. End on a, a funny note, if it's kind of funny. I have my, my phone, my handheld communication computation device. And um, I have ringtones on there, three of them. The general ringtone, they're all Who songs. The general ringtone is, is the greatest song that the Who have ever recorded and pretty much any band has ever recorded, uh, Baba O'Reilly. It's my favorite song. It's my favorite Who song, and it's probably my favorite song ever. But, yeah, we can figure that out. Uh, the other two songs are, uh, uh, one is for my wife, for Amy, and it's the song, My Wife. Now, don't be confused by the lyrics saying I'm thinking about, you know, I'm making a statement about my wife. No, it's just my wife. So when my wife is calling, the song My Wife plays. Makes sense. The song for my son is 905. It's an obscure song by the Who off of the, the last true Who album, Who Are You, from 1978. So, okay, so those are the songs. Now, the song I hear most on here when my ringtone plays is the general one, which is Bob O'Reilly. So I was watching <clears throat> uh, some video thing on YouTube that it was cutting together some radio interviews of, uh, of uh, Keith Moon, who was the drummer for the Who. Uh, this was put together... Uh, in 1995 as a promotion for uh, the re-release of the Who's Live album, Live at Leeds, with eight new songs, with eight more songs on it from the concert. 
and uh, Keith, you know, so so you would just hear the Keith Boone interview parts, but the, you would hear some music underneath or music as they would go into a song and come out of a song. They but the person edited it all down, so it's pretty much just the interview stuff. And and in one part, when Keith was being interviewed, they had a bed of music playing underneath him, and it was the beginning of the song Bob O'Reilly. And as soon as I heard that, I grabbed my phone, and it's not ringing. <laughs> But, even better, a while back my wife had an appointment and I couldn't go in with her. So I was waiting outside and I, I decided to go do a little walk around. I said, you know, call me or, you know, when you're ready for me to pick you up. Uh, I was by this building where there was a, a delivery, uh, a courier vehicle pulled into the lot and the, and the person that was delivering stuff had hopped out and had gone into the, into the building as I'm walking and I hear the music uh, I hear the song my wife playing and <clears throat> I look over at the at the delivery vehicle and I'm thinking that's the radio it's uh, excuse me I gotta take a sip <clears throat> sorry my throat's getting dry <clears throat> Woo, that was a weird cough <laughs> sorry about that so I'm thinking that it's the radio inside the courier vehicle playing the Who song, My Wife. And I'm thinking, all right, somebody's digging the Who. Listen to the Who, all right. And what I planned to do was, when the courier person came back out to get in their vehicle, I planned to walk by and say, hey, the Who, cool. And then I remembered, oh, that's my wife calling me. Luckily, I remembered it was my wife calling me before the person came out to get into their vehicle. Because if I hadn't, I can just imagine. Here's this guy delivering some package to the building. Comes out. Some, some old dude is walking by, giving him a thumbs up, saying, Hey, the who? All right. <laughs> I think I would have looked a little bit like a nut. <laughs> Good night. Uh, doctor. Good night. Frau Blucher. Oh, a little glitch there. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, look pretty uh, crazy. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Be patient. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Wear your mask. Stay home when you can. Get that vaccine as soon as you're able to get it. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.